Good morning. It is Friday, January 8th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined right now by Hank South, Bama Online, recruiting reporter who is, Hank, I guess you're old. I mean, you've you've covered you've covered the guys who are going to be playing in the title game on Monday since they were sophomores in high school. And you have some really cool recollections of a few of the stars, including Heisman winner, Devonte Smith, and I, I don't think I've talked to Devonte on the podcast since he won the Heisman. But breaking news: he did indeed win it. Uh, Four hundred forty-seven first place votes uh, ahead of Trevor Lawrence, the Clemson quarterback. And this is the first receiver to win it, Hank, since nineteen ninety-one when Desmond Howard did. And, and you wrote a great piece. I think it's one of your career best, uh, remembering Devonte when he was a recruit and 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 how quiet he was and, and how sort of nondescript he was. And I, I wanted to get you on to talk about it uh, and talk about this piece and, and talk about what it's been like watching um, some of these kids, especially Devontae, rise to national prominence. Yeah, it's funny because when I first caught wind of Devontae, it was like, two months after I started covering Alabama recruiting, like I was fresh onto this. Like I'd, I was probably a little naive. I didn't really like understand how everything worked, how camps worked, how evaluations worked. Like it, for anyone that covers recruiting or anyone that follows it, like it, if you're a recruiting reporter that's been around, you have DMs every day or texts every day about, Hey, you need to check out this kid. He's the next big thing. He need like, you know, he, this is like the next power five guy that's going to blow up. And so that like a couple months after I started, I, I get uh, I get in contact with uh, someone named Vincent Sanders, a, a guy Devonte Smith kind of thanked during his his uh, Heisman acceptance speech, who was his mentor in Louisiana, and uh, I talked to him because at the time uh, Shaheem Carter, who who is now graduated and moved on from Alabama, was committed to the Tide, and uh, he was saying, "Hey, I have this younger guy, Devonte Smith." you guys need to check him out. His quote in the story is Devonte is a machine. Huh. And uh, it, was, it was, he was coming off his sophomore year. He'd only played four games because he had an injury to, he had a broken collarbone, uh, but he had 650 yards receiving 12 touchdowns and uh, about six interceptions. And he played six games and three of those games were at corner and he, he picked off six passes. So certainly a guy that, you know, I, I did take notice of just based off that, but, you know, really kind of took interest in just from what Vincent Sanders was saying, um, obviously the connection to Shaheem Carter and another Bama commit at that point too. But yeah, you know, as, as just time went on, he went to the camp circuit that summer and kind of just blew away perform had, uh, you know, big performances at Bama, big performances at Georgia. He went to that paradise camp in Miami when they were still doing that. So uh, he kind of, you know, he really started to build on his name that summer when he started to see his offer list grow. I kind of have two questions. So the first thing is you're you're pretty new on the beat and you're like, all right, I'm going to do all the things that I should be doing as a recruiting porter. I'm going to like watch a lot of film and you watch like maybe Vincent Sanders refers Devonte Smith to you and you start watching Devonte Smith. I would imagine he was like 150 pounds. Did you sort of have to talk yourself into him. And I I think the rest of the industry kind of did as well. And Devontae mentioned that, like he mentioned that he was small and doubted. And he talked about that during his Heisman speech. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, you look at him and I was talking to Rusty Manziel who, uh, you know, was, was, uh, we talked about in this, in this piece we did. And he was, he was saying, I think entering his junior season, maybe his, even his senior year, he was like 146 pounds. Like he, he was so small, but he was just a playmaker. Like you could turn on his film and it was just like, you know, he kind of just like played bigger than, bigger than his actual size. Like, I mean, he was just all over the field. 
And it, you know, I never really remember people questioning the size. Like he, he was always just, you know, he, he just made plays, you know, he's a really tough kid. He, I mean, he's still really skinny. <laughs> he's doing yeah. everything he's doing. Um, obviously his nickname is slim Reaper. So, you know, it, it's, it, it was never really anything that seemed to limit him. And, and, you know, like you said, he mentioned that in his speech, you know, people doubt him, but you know, you just, you know, put your mind to it. So uh, yeah, you know, it never really held him back. When you're covering Alabama, you probably have a lot of kids sent your way to get like the Alabama offer and interest is the top 1% of recruits. And you probably, I'm sure there have been times where you, you think a kid as a sophomore is going to get some Alabama interest and then they just kind of sort of fall off the map. And then, and then there are times where you get, you get a kid who gets on your radar before he's on Alabama's radar. And I imagine it's, it's cool and, and rather rewarding to watch an unknown player who's 15 or 14 rise to become a coveted recruit nationally. Yeah, it was fun because, uh, you know, I got to know, well, like, like we talked about earlier, he doesn't really talk, but you know, you got, you get to know people close to him, obviously Vincent Sanders, uh, talk to Shaheem a little bit about him, but you kind of watch it kind of all unfold. We always talk about that camp offer at Alabama when you can get that committable offer for a lot of recruits that, you know, the staff hasn't really seen in person yet. And that was kind of the case with him. He worked out at Bama in June of 2015 um, and, and got the good news. He might've gotten the offer earlier than that. He was supposed to go to a day that year, but he was taking the ACT, um, couldn't make it with Shaheem at that point. Um, so, you know, maybe he was already good enough in Bama's eyes at that point, but they offered him in June. And, and, and yeah, I think that it's funny because I, I talked to them after he got the offer and was like driving home from camp. And it was the one time that like, because, you know, you, you watch him, he's so humble, you know, he, he defers to his teammates, you know, he, he's just a team guy, but he corrected me on his 40 time. He wanted to make sure it was noted that he ran a four five at the camp. Um, so I thought that was, that was like the one time he like actually like was making sure one that his it, own it, props. Exactly. So I thought that was funny, but beyond that, like that was, that was like really one of the last conversations you like a long conversation you have with him. He, he kind of was just a guy that kept to himself. He, he was, uh, he was just really low key about the whole recruiting process. Well, and it's, I've been with you at so many of the camp settings and it's funny that when a kid becomes a national recruit like that, the contact kind of, it kind of dips yeah. like your, your last <laughs> great talk with the kid might be before they end up getting a serious interest. Yeah. It's always funny. Cause like you, you talk to these kids that like, and you, you can always kind of pick out like, okay, this kid's going to be big time and you know, they're going to be big time throughout the whole process. And it's like, they're like all wide eyed and like bubbly talking to you as like 15 year olds, like, Oh, cool. An interview with, with, uh, with 24 seven sports. And then like, you just know in two years, like that kid's just not going to get back to you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to like shut you off. You, I mean, there's some kids that like, you know, obviously you try to build relationships with these guys, but there's always going to be those kids that, you know, they, they just close, close off um, towards the end. The college football daily will be right back. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So I tweeted a photo of you interviewing Najee in early 2017 at the All-American Bowl and Devontae's waiting for his turn to interview you with interview with you. He's got like his, his jacket wrapped around his neck. He looks like he should be at Disney world or something. And it was like this really endearing. It was just this perfect photo because 
every single person in San Antonio that week wanted to know what was going on with Najee Harris. And Chris Hummer wrote a story on it, the oral history of that. And it was crazy, like Alabama or Michigan and Najee changed his flights to throw us off the scent, I think, and had a dorm room booked at Michigan with his his name on the the key card and ends up, you know, going to flying to Birmingham and, and Tua Tungvaloa was a good source for a few of us that week. Whatever, whatever. Like Najee was the story. But Devontae, correct me if I'm wrong, Hank. Like I think you thought he was going to Bama, but there was he hadn't announced anything yet. And I think it's just so perfect. These two superstars and the guy who actually does end up winning the Heisman is just sort of like chilling and waiting his turn. And I imagine <laughs> when you finally got him, like he didn't really say much. No, they, yeah, both of those that you, you weren't going to get much from them talking to him. It was nice to have a quote because you could confirm like kind of like the administrative stuff like, oh, yeah, you're going to officially visit FSU on January 11th. Like you get those dates, but you're not really going to get, you know, where are you actually leaning? What's what's going on with your recruitment? But I will say with Devontae Smith, um, and a lot of people forget this, I guess not this week because it's been talked about a bunch, but he was committed to Georgia for a little bit. And that, that was early on. It was, it was that summer we were just talking about. Uh, when he got the Bama offer in June, then he then he worked out at uh, whatever the dog night or whatever at uh, Georgia the next month and got the offer there and committed shortly after. And, and so that that was you know he, I, he stayed committed you know for about six months. He he decommitted after Mark Richt was fired and uh, another big figure in his recruitment, Sam Petito, who was a personnel staffer at Georgia at the time. He was hired back at Alabama by Nick Saban when Jeremy Pruitt came back over. And so that was kind of like a defining moment. You know, uh, Devontae decommitted from Georgia in January of 2016. And at that point, the writing was kind of on the wall. And I put this in the story, like he wasn't saying Bama was the leader, but with Petito at Alabama, Shaheem Carter, I can't remember if Shaheem Carter was, I think Shaheem Carter recommitted to Bama at uh, on signing day of 2016. So with that kind of that relationship there with, with those guys and, you know, Bama recruiting them as hard as they were, the writing was kind of on the wall that, yeah, you know, Bama has the momentum here. And, and that kind of stayed that way all, all throughout the process, you know, late, late in it, you know, Miami was working to get him. They had him at that paradise camp. LSU was pushing really hard, obviously to keep him home. There was a lot of people that thought, you know, he, he would probably end up, he could end up signing with LSU. Florida state kind of made a late run there too, um, trying to get him on board on February signing day. But it, it just felt like it didn't seem like there was as much drama because everyone felt like they kind of had a good grasp on, on what he was going to end up doing. Um, and, and, and obviously he did end up committing and signing with Alabama in February. I'm glad you mentioned LSU. I feel like if this was five years ago, we'd be really into the storyline of LSU lets a kid get out of its state and he wins a Heisman in Alabama. But Alabama recruiting well at L- in Louisiana is such a thing now that it's not really even that like that big of a deal. So that 2017 class, Najee, Alex Leatherwood, left tackle on, on this year's team. Obviously, Tua, Mac Jones, and the other receivers were Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy. This is probably the best recruiting class of all time. I don't really have like a question on that, Hank. I just I think it's pretty cool that you got to cover it and. I think it's cool that like all of these different personalities mixed in and, and Henry Ruggs was this late blooming player who was awesome on the basketball court and and had all these highlights. And I, I think Florida state made a run at him late and, and Jerry Judy was a guy who blew up at the opening finals a few months earlier. And, and it, it kind of feels like Tua Tua was just like the moon for this class or the sun or whatever. And everyone revolved around him. And I would imagine he played a pretty big role in helping Najee stay the course in San Antonio to get to Alabama and helping assure Devontae Smith that, you know, we're going to have a really good quarterback for you to play with. And then a few months earlier, he was on the on the seven-on-seven seven team at the opening 
with Jerry Judy too. So Nick Saban gets a ton of credit for this class, of course, but in a way, like I think two his fingerprints are on it as well. Am I right? Yeah, I'd say so. Cause it's kind of the catalyst to how it closed, because if you like kind of rewind a little bit before Bama even offered to a, we can like probably spend a whole podcast talking about the Jake Fromm stuff, but Jake Fromm had flipped to Georgia um, to go play for Kirby smart cam Akers decommitted in that same kind of week around Jake Fromm flipping to Georgia. So it was kind of that like early spring Bama recruiting freak out, you know, the board was like, what's happening right now? Because uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of direction. They didn't have a quarterback in the class. Bama goes out, offers Tua, obviously picks up momentum there. And once he was on board and they got to that kind of opening finals summer, it really started to feel like they, they had turned a corner and, and, you know, they had Najee committed, they had Alex Leatherwood committed, but you know, to go, after that and get Jerry Judy. And, and it was funny writing in the story. Like I, I kind of just like, I had to like kind of just put in Henry Ruggs. Like, yeah, they eventually got 24 seven sports, five-star Henry Ruggs too. Like just kind of like a, a bullet point, like, yeah. but shouldn't go underestimate. Like it shouldn't go like, unnoticed. Taken in last year's right. draft. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, no, that was a really fun class to cover. And it's like, you go by, I'm looking at the 2017 commit list right now. There were some like crazy late storylines. Like Alex Leatherwood was at Florida's bowl game the day before he moved into Alabama. Who, who else? You, you had uh, Henry Ruggs. This was kind of a crazy finish. You know, Florida State had thought they had some momentum there. Uh, Xavier McKinney, like, shocked everyone, committed to Alabama instead of Clemson uh, at the Under Armour game. So, the dress parks, that whole situation, like, it, it was just kind of it was a wild class, but, it, you know, it was fun to cover. Yeah, and I, I totally even forgot until I was reading your story that Cam Akers was in that that class too. Hank, this has been a fun trip down memory lane. We appreciate you joining us. I'll be back on Monday on the College Football Daily with your colleague Charlie Potter at BAM Online and Patrick Murphy of Bucknuts. And we're going to do a joint podcast previewing Monday night's title game. And we'll, we'll see what kind of damage Devontae Smith, the Heisman winner, can do. My name is Trey Scott. Our producer is Lance Lynn. Of course, that was Hank South. Thanks for listening to us. Have a great week and we'll talk to you all next time on the College Football Daily.